let's be real. The Jaguars might not even win more than two games this season. Yeah. So I think I don't even know if they'll win a game. Welcome back to another episode of Crunch Time. I'm Mikey. I'm David. And I'm Sam. Today we asked our followers to submit questions for an NFL Q&A for us to do. So first question was submitted from the Antonio Clown 17 Runs a funny NFL meme page, so check him out. He asked, who's better this year, the Chargers or the Broncos? What do you guys think? I think the Broncos are definitely going to be better this coming season. I think the biggest issue for the Chargers is we don't really know how good their quarterbacks are going to be. They have Taylor and Herbert. I personally think Herbert's going to be a stud. I just think this season he might not be excellent due to their really difficult schedule. They play the Chiefs twice, the Broncos twice, and the Raiders twice, which is obviously very difficult for a quarterback who's trying to make a difference in this league. I think Tyrod Taylor, I think he's his days are a little over. Uh, he was definitely good on the Bills, but I don't know. I think the Broncos, they have a ton of weapons, and I think they're going to be significantly better than the Chargers this upcoming year. Just the talent on the Broncos. You're looking at the defensive side. A.J. Boye, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson. Then looking at the offense, Drew Locke, who only started five games last season but broke out. Melvin Gordon, Corden Sutton, Jerry Judy, and K.J. Hamler. Two rookie wide receivers plus Corden Sutton. Very underrated. So I think that this team is just better than the Chargers because the Chargers lost their best player possibly in Phillip Rivers because of his leadership. Not saying like talent-wise, but... You always need that leader, and they don't have him. And as you mentioned, Sam, they don't have a steady QB right now. So I think it'll take maybe a year or two for Herbert to kind of settle in. They got a bunch of good guys for their defense. I just think their offense is definitely a red flag right now. Exactly. Yeah, the Chargers' defense is definitely good, but the fact that they don't have a steady quarterback, I disagree with you, Sam. I think Herbert's not going to be that good. I really don't see anything in him. I never did. Never will. Just my opinion. But the Broncos, I think Locke's going to have a big year. Judy? Um, I definitely see him improving with Sutton as well. So I think it's definitely the Broncos. All right. Next question coming from Oregon.takeover. He asked, if DeAndre Hopkins wasn't traded, would the Texans be Super Bowl candidates? Mikey, how about you start us off with this one? Um, no, not at all. Because we, we saw the past two years and they weren't Super Bowl candidates. Because since the AFC still has the Ravens and the Chiefs, those are definitely the two superpowers in the AFC. So with or without Hopkins, I don't think the Texans were ever going to be Super Bowl candidates, especially with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes leading the Ravens and the Chiefs, and they were just so dominant. So I think now that he is traded, the Texans are not going to be good at all. But even when he wasn't traded, we saw that the Texans never managed to make it too far into the playoffs. So my answer is no. I'm going to agree with you. I think there would be no chance if they had Hopkins that they'd be Super Bowl contenders. I think the biggest problem for the Texans is O'Brien. He's an absolutely horrible GM and probably an even eh, he's a really bad coach as well. I, I think, think he's a pretty good coach. Uh, I feel bad for Yeah, he's a horrible GM, but and he's not a great coach. They had a terrible offseason. Like the David Johnson trade for Hopkins was really, really and you, bad. And you trade for Brandon Cooks and trading away picks, like that team needs some more young talent and you're just trading away picks. Like I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel bad for Deshaun Watson because he came into the league with so much promise. He was he since he was put in an offense with arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league, DeAndre Hopkins, and now he's gone. He's got David Johnson with him. Uh, it's just not the same for Watson, and I kind of feel bad for him because, you know, if he maybe developed, we said that yeah, he wouldn't have beaten the Chiefs or the Ravens, but he definitely he could have. I don't know. He could have made a deeper playoff run, maybe even upsetted one of those two teams. But now there's no chance for that, especially this season. So 
the future for this season is pretty rough for Watson, but it's not really his fault. He's still a great quarterback. And the Texans' main concern last season was their offensive line. They were Deshaun Watson was sacked 3.4 times a game last season, which was 30th in the entire NFL, which is really not good. And that didn't make any improvements on that. They got two guys back from injury, but that's not going really to make much of a difference. If you want a young star quarterback breaking out, you've got to have a consistent, good offensive lineman. Well, they, they, they paid him a lot, but he, he's absolutely excellent. Yeah, but that's not going to stop the entire defensive line. I mean, but they definitely made strides to try to improve it. I don't know how much. Not this offseason. Maybe next offseason. I think going forward, unless you – I mean, unless you get more guys, that offensive line isn't that fixed. I mean, that's a start, at least signing, re-signing your best offensive lineman. At least they show they care a little bit about Watson's long-term health. I think the two guys who are going to play really good this year with this new and not improved <laughs> Texans – offense Watson's still the same quarterback he always was so they're just picking up some of the uh targets that Hopkins used to get offensive line is definitely a concern and their secondary is 100% a concern for them Absolutely right now. Agree. yeah definitely all right our third question from for the win podcast they have a great podcast so check them out what is your prediction for the Giants record for this season what do you guys think about this I'm gonna say four and twelve I think they definitely improve signing Deion Lewis McKinney and Thomas out of Georgia. Those are all really solid uh, acquisitions. Blake Martinez is an absolute stud, one of the best linebackers in the entire NFL. I guess Bradbury is obviously a very good acquisition from the Carolina Panthers. I think their division is pretty improved. I think the Eagles are a very solid team still. And I think the Cowboys, depending on how they finish this offseason, could really be a a Super Bowl contender if everything goes accordingly. If they sign Adams, maybe release the guy to clear up the room for Clowney. I mean, that could be a really, really good forefront for the Cowboys defense. I think even the Redskins, I think those are obviously two easy wins for the Giants. But besides that, I don't think there are too many games that the Giants should win. And if I'm looking at the teams last year, like the Giants should be like 3-13 and this year, 4-12, and but not every team is the same as they were the year before. So that's why I said five. I say five and eleven. They improved so much. Bradbury, he's one of the best corners in the league. You also have, as you mentioned, Blake Martinez, Andrew Thomas, possibly the best tackle in the draft, and Xavier McKinney, possibly the best safety in the draft. So they had a great draft, great offseason. It's just kind of putting it all together. Now with a more um now with a fully healthy Saquon and a more experienced Daniel Jones, this team can be good. It just they have a really hard schedule, so I can't see them getting more than five wins. I agree with you, David. I think it's 5-11 and 11 for the Giants. I think that's about right for them this year. I, one thing I want to bring up is Darius Slayton. I really see a lot of potential in him. I think he's going to have a pretty good year. And like you said, Saquon was hurt last year. So it, as long as he stays healthy, we know Daniel Jones is definitely going to improve from last season. So I think the future, not it's not a, going to be a great season for the Giants, but it's definitely going to be some improvement. So I see 5-11, and 11, but if it's 6-10, and 10, I wouldn't be surprised as well. I think this is Ingram's last year with the Giants. He was hurt and not great last season. I think this is going to be his last season. It's his make-or-break season in New York. If not, I think he's going to get traded either at the deadline or next year. I think off. he's going to request a trade. I don't know if he's going to get traded. I mean, it really depends how good or bad he plays. All right, so our next question is from NFL Deep Dive underscore with Phillip, their football podcast. Check them out. They said, how many more seasons does Patrick Mahomes need to play at the level he's playing at in order to be considered in the GOAT conversation? I really don't think this is – it's a great question. I just think it's very hypothetical. Obviously, Brady, Brady and Rice are my 
two best of all time. Brady coming first, then Jerry Rice. I think he's going to have to perform at an incredible level for like 12 to 15 more years. And this is after his second season. He was hurt for most of last year. I just think that it's really too early to tell, but I think all the signs are pointing in the right direction for Mahomes and the Chiefs could definitely be the next NFL dynasty. I disagree, Sam. I think this is I think there's a there's a way that you can determine this. So if you're looking at Brady, Brady has won six rings and basically played twenty full seasons. Looking at Mahomes, he's played two full seasons. In his two seasons, he's averaged thirty two yeah. full seasons because he 4, was four thousand five hundred sixty four. Not not completely full seasons. Yeah, but that third season he took home a ring, so I'm gonna count that. That's true, I, but I'm talking about when he when he's playing. I'm not talking about like playoffs or Super Bowl. But he has six rings, right? Like it's just undeniable. He has six rings. It's a fact. If you're looking at Mahomes, he's only played two seasons. If I say you give him 15 more seasons playing at this level, obviously he's gonna have a couple bad years, but a couple really good years. So if you give him this, you give him 15 more seasons to get, I say three more rings. That's four rings and a really solid resume to back up against Brady, like. That's GOAT conversation. I'm not saying he has to be the GOAT, but for him to be on the conversation, you got to win more rings and you got to play consistent. So something about this question is Mahomes. So we're fresh off the Brady era. So Mahomes is definitely going to have to perform even more because everyone's going to remember how dominant Brady was. So in order for him to even be in the GOAT conversation, David, I know you said 15 seasons at least. I'm going to give him 12 or 13 more, but I say he needs to win four more rings. So that gives him five. So I think since Tom Brady was so dominant in the playoffs. And since he won so many Super Bowls, I think that Mahomes is really going to have to step it up in the career. And he's going to have to, I think he's going to have to win at least five rings in his whole career in order to be considered in the GOAT conversation because no one's going to compare. Like he has to have really amazing seasons because Brady had six Super Super Bowls. So Mahomes is really going to have to perform because if he finishes with five, it's still less than Brady. So it's I think he's win seven. I know how, that's crazy. I think if he's going to be better than Brady, he's going to have to win seven. Well, or he just has to have incredibly dominant seasons. But I, I don't know. I don't think he's ever going to be. Well, the the, the reason I say three more is because Joe Montana, who's also in the GOAT conversation, has won four rings. But is he really anymore? Yes, absolutely. We're all, we, we all just witnessed Tom Brady for the past. I'm not 10, saying he is the GOAT. Years. We all know that conversation. He's the this is not. For him to be considered the goat, this is. I think the top three are in Texas says right. in order to be in the goat conversation. Um, there's so many like guys that can be in the goat conversation, but like Brady's a goat. I'm not denying that, but you can't not throw Montana in there. Hundred percent, he's there. And then if, if I'm talking about four rings, Mahomes got to be there if he's playing at this level. I think another thing to take into consideration when thinking if Mahomes is going to dethrone Brady. I think it really depends how Brady's career finishes out in Tampa Bay. If he wins a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, if he finishes with an excellent regular season and makes a deep run in the playoffs, I mean, that's just securing Brady's spot at the top. I mean, if Brady wins another Super Bowl, I think Mahomes taking him down is almost going to be impossible because he's going to have to win like seven rings. In- Especially if Brady wins a ring on another team at the end of his career, he's definitely like no one's. I don't think anyone is yeah, ever. That, I'm talking about goat conversation, not the actual goat. I don't think he will. I don't think he's gonna win a ring in Tampa though. 
I don't think he will. But if he I, were, if yeah. he were to, then I don't think anyone in the next forty to fifty years is going to be even close to the goat conversation. If he wins two, seven Super Bowls, six with the Patriots, one with the Bucks, and one at the end of his career. I think there's not. There really, it's really. It's, Mahomes is really young, so there's like so much that can go wrong, but so much that can yeah. go right. So we'll I mean, like, we don't. We have no idea. He might fall off. I mean, I really hope he doesn't. For that his- injury is definitely a red flag. I think to have a really gruesome yeah. injury early in your career is. Definitely not great. No but, no, but the way he responded from it and he won the Super Bowl, I think that yeah, all it takes hurt. is one bad play for his career to completely go downhill. Someone hit the wrong spot in his knee one more time in the next 15 years and, and his whole career is going to be over. That's the only problem. To suffer that's an injury true. so early in your career, it's such uh, a sensitive area to the body. I mean, that's definitely concerning. He's I know he's going to have a bit of line to protect him. He does, yeah. but how do you know? How do you know one offseason a couple guys on the offensive line want to leave? It's just too early to tell. That's my only problem. I know, but people are gonna to want to play for him. Yeah, but you don't know what's gonna happen in six years. It's ridiculous to That's try. That's why to- this question is very hypothetical. Exactly. That's why. All right, so let's move on. Sam, what's our first question? All right, our next question is from Ethan underscore Rocco. His question is: Who are you taking? Playoff Nick Foles or Prime Drew Brees? The all-time leading touchdown thrower. Drew Brees, I'm taking over playoff Nick Foles. I know how great Nick Foles was, especially coming. An Eagles fan is going to love what he did. The second string quarterback for the Eagles, taking home the championship over the dynasty Patriots. But I still really love what Drew Brees has done in his career with the Saints. And he was pretty solid with the Chargers at the beginning that not many people remember. I don't think playoff, I don't think playoff Nick Foles is valid because we just saw him in one year of the playoff. Like Brady, uh, Brees has been dominated his whole career. Foles has performed in one playoffs, like one year. So it's definitely Breeze for me. Like, so we have, I don't even know. Foles might have gotten lucky. I have no idea. Of course, he's great in the playoffs. We all saw that. But Breeze. The only reason I have Foles down this is just because of how dominant he was in that playoff. The only, but the, the only question is, I'm kind of confused by the question. Like, is it like in the regular season? Is it in the playoffs? In the Super Bowl? Like, if there was more context to this question, I'd be able to fill it out more. But Drew Breeze, no doubt, is a better quarterback here. I he also like won a Super Bowl. Nick Foles' playoff run, I just feel like he was so dominant that no one could stop him. Like a backup quarterback come in, just clutching up. I don't know. I just, just if he did that, like, if he did that three, if he did that multiple years, then this would be a completely different discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My thought process would be very different. But we only saw him in one year, so that's why that's I'm going to give. That's why I'm going to give. Let's see if he goes to the playoffs with the Bears and plays absolutely great. I think this question could definitely go the other way. I just think he has not played enough, as Mikey said to make such a bold statement. Yeah, no, I agree. Next question coming from Matthew.Salman underscore. Check him out. Good friend of ours. He asked, who's better, Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold? I'll let Sam, you start off this one. I think right now, I don't think you can say this is a definite Sam Darnold, but I'm going to say right now it's Sam Darnold. I think the Jets have less weapons than the Giants. The Giants obviously have, they have Slayton. They have Ingram. If so many more guys. Uh, they have Saquon coming out of the backfield. I think the Jets don't really have a number one receiver, in my opinion. I think also Jones had a better offensive line than the Jets last season. So that obviously, and Darnold still played just as good as uh, Jones, even with that. I think, yeah, the Giants have Tate, they have uh, Shepard. I think it's a really deep wide receiver core for the Giants. I think I really love Darnold. I think this season with an improved offensive line, he's going to take over. All right, so I, I think the flaw in Darnold's game is his, like, 
turnovers. Like he does a lot of turnovers, but as you mentioned, that that could become that could that is a kind of a cause of the uh, the pocket collapsing because of his offensive line. So, in a clean pocket, Darnold has a completion percentage of eighty one point seven percent in his career. Opposed to Jones, when a clean pocket, his percentage is seventy one point one percent. Yeah, I just don't think that's the best argument because. What was Darnold's in his first season? If you compare that, then obviously Jones had a better percentage than Darnold. You said right now, right? Okay, for this upcoming year, I'm saying. Okay, but for Max point, under pressure, Darnold threw 40.3% of passes complete, opposed to Jones 38.9% complete. I know that's because of he's a rookie and he's young, but under that's pressure, you want, that, you want that consistent. And that was this season. That's not Darnold's rookie year. That's this season, right? So Darnold's working. I say right now, Darnold... Um, is more accurate than Jones, under pressure and not under pressure. Now, Darnold, I feel like he had less weapons. He doesn't have that one receiver guy, and he has um, a worse offensive line. So in 2019, Darnold won 7-6, and six, like, and Jones went 3-9. You could say the Jets have a better team than the Giants, but I feel like when Darnold came back from Mono, he was just a whole different player, like a whole different breed, stepped up, and did what he had to do, finish the season 7-9 and nine for the Jets. So, like, I want that leadership. I want that guy, and I think he's better than Jones. Yeah, Darnold had a, a worse season than Jones, but Darnold was better than Jones this season. Yeah, but Darnold gets a lot of hate for no reason. Like the dude had mono last year, and the Jets still went seven and nine. Mosley was hurt. Like their offensive line really wasn't good. Their team really wasn't that good, and they still went seven and nine. Yeah, maybe that they had a pretty easy schedule, but like I think there's a lot of hate for Darnold for like no reason. I see a lot of potential in him, and I think it's a shame. That people are just yeah, like I think he's underrated. If you ask me, I think he's gonna have a good season this year. I know the Jets have a very t- difficult schedule, but to be honest, I think it's Darnold over Jones, and I think he's really not that bad. I think his biggest problem is his footwork. When he gets blissed and he throws off his back foot, and when, once you see that as a Jets fan, you just know it's gonna be a turnover. We saw that so many times against the Patriots. I think if he works on his footwork, he could actually be a really good player this year. All right, next question: Broncos Country, great Broncos page. Which Broncos player are you most excited to watch in 2020? Uh, I'm going to say Bradley Chubb coming off the ACL tear. I'm really excited to see what he does. I'm, I hope he recovers well. I think if he steps it up, the Broncos could turn into real contenders for a good wild card berth and hopefully even uh, take down the Chiefs as the number one team in that division. <laughs> that, that's bold, but that's that's, um, mad, that's very bold. That's so many good. weapons, really good season last year, considering he only played five games. He's got Jerry Judy, Corden Sutton, KJ Hamler, Philip Lindsay, and Melvin Gordon, and Noah Fenn. We didn't have a great season, but I feel like he can step it up. Now with Locke starting all 16 games, unless he gets injured, like yeah. that's, that's kind of scary for teams to face. And I'm just so excited for him because he's got more weapons. And like you want a young quarterback with a lot of weapons, that's just going to make him better. So I'm really excited for him. I think he's going to be. I think he's very. He's going to be consistent. So I think I have Judy though because I loved him from the draft. Um, he did great things in college, so I expect him to do the same with the Broncos. With Locke, I think Locke's going to have a really good year, like you said. So I think Judy's really going to benefit from the Broncos' use of their wide receivers. So I think it's Judy for me. Yeah. Uh, our next question comes from Jay Z Abraham's one good friend of ours as well. His question is: Is Aaron Rodgers trending upwards or downwards? Mike, you want to answer this first? Uh, yeah, I think it's downwards. We've seen him decline a little bit. I mean, I know the Packers had a horrific draft, so he's not going to get much help this year. He's at the end of his career. We all know that Aaron Rodgers has done amazing things in his career. Everyone has a lot of respect for him. But to say he's going upwards, I don't agree. I think it's going downwards. It's just evident by looking at his stats. So 
So if we look at his stats, last season he threw 4,442 passing yards. Sorry, 2018. And last season, 4,002 passing yards, obviously down. Um, I mean, touchdowns, one more touchdown. But honestly, I feel like that Packers team last year should not have been 13-3. I don't even know how they were. It's just, as you're getting older, obviously you're... Yeah, they're an easy schedule. So I just think there's no way to say that he's going upwards. That's not a fair statement, Mikey, to say they had an easy schedule. They play the Bears twice. That game in Chicago is always really difficult to play. They play the Vikings twice. They play the Bears with Mitchell Trubisky, probably the worst quarterback in the league. No, that's I'd rather not... have a rock start on the field than Mitchell Trubisky. That's not a fair statement, though. Playing the Bears against Khalil Mack and that great defensive line is really difficult. Especially, Khalil Mack didn't have uh, that good of a season last year. We, we, we've established that. Well, that defensive line is still great with or without him. I think, uh, well, they're a lot better with him. I but the still, is better than the defensive line. Yeah, but they're still pretty dangerous. And in Chicago, that's such a difficult environment to play in. And but that's not the point, though. They, this, the Lions this, weren't even that bad last season. So I think the fact I'm not talking about the I'm talking yeah, about the Packers. I don't know. Let's talk about Rodgers right now. David brought up the stats. They're going down. We've seen it. So there's no reason for anyone to say it's upwards. What do you think, Sam? Do you say it's upwards? I think it's – I'm going to say it's going downwards, but I think the expectations are very low for this year's Packers team. So I think he is a – when Rodgers is doubted throughout his career, he usually steps up to the plate. And I think it should be exciting to see what he can do with – these not great receiving core. What do you mean these expectations are down? So a lot of times you go into the season and everyone's like, yeah, the Packers are going to finish 12-4, and 11-5. and five. They're going to have a great year, be Super Bowl contenders. This is the first year, and as long as I can remember, no one's talking about the Packers as real Super Bowl contenders. And throughout Rodgers' career, he's definitely stepped up and performed when he needed to. So I think, yes, his stats are going down. Yes, his receiving core is getting worse, but he's a very clutch player, so it should be interesting to see what he can do. Okay, that's that's fair. I just feel like Packers, no one's saying they're not going to make this. Like, obviously, they're better teams. Oh, than them, everyone's but... saying they're not going to make the Super Bowl. It's a bad draft. That's the only reason why. There's no other reason why they won. Yes, they didn't get any receivers. And the last pick of our team is, but they still have Darius Smith, Preston Smith, Jerry Alexander, a good offensive line, Devonta Adams, like Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Okay, be still real, really be good. There's no way okay. this team. Is you really think Marquis Scantling is a real great receiver, and Rodgers? That's is why I say he's not great receiving core. But did I say his name when I was talking about great players? No. If they get that one other piece, then they can be good. But I'm they don't have the piece right now. That's just what I think. If they get one more Super Bowl, if they get one more wide receiver, they're Super Bowl contenders. That's just my opinion. There are plenty of good receivers on the market. I mean, they could even sign Dez to get a nice veteran piece to add to their uh, offense. Obviously, Dez won't be that great number one guy. But if they have him as a number two, number three guy, I think he could really help them. I think with the acquisition of another wide receiver, I think he's trending upwards. I just think that's it's, we really don't know how he's going to perform. Our next question coming from... Draft Vice underscore football. What team is most likely to go from first in their division to last? David, start us off. I think there's not much of a question. I think it's the New England Patriots. Everyone in that AFC East division, the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills, all got 10 times better, and the Patriots got so much worse. The Patriots, they lost Calvin Noy, Tom Brady, Jamie Collins, Denny Shelton. There's so many great pieces that they would have used this season, but they lost them all. If you're looking at the Jets, they're probably going to be seven, nine, eight, and eight. Looking at the Dolphins, six and six, six and ten. Patriots possibly five and eleven. It's really close. I don't think they will, but they have the 
out of all the teams that won their division last year, they have the lowest chance to win it again and probably the highest chance to go to the last. I agree. I think they, they I don't think they will finish last, but comparing them to teams like the Texans, the Texans still have the Jaguars. And let's be real, the Jaguars might not even win more than two games this season. Yeah. So I think I don't even know if they'll win a game. I swear I don't think they're gonna win like one game. No, 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 no. I think they'll win a game, but there's a good chance that they're not winning more than three games. So yeah. I think I think the strength of this division is the only exactly. reason why the Patriots have the best chance. I think the Patriots are still gonna finish third or even second if Stidham plays absolutely great. Yeah. But, but I think assuming that Stidham is not the next messiah for the New England Patriots, I think they have a really good chance of finishing last. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think it's the Patriots. All right, next question from Hotline Football. Check them out, football podcast. Who will be better, Tua or Burrow? Both rookie quarterbacks. Who do we think? I'm going to say Burrow's a much better player, and he definitely has yeah, I agree. Uh, a lower chance of getting like a drastic injury that could end his career. I just think that two is in a better position. I mean, the Bengals offensive line is, let's just say, not excellent. I think that's obviously a concern from a rookie quarterback. And I think the expectations are just so high for Burrow. It's almost impossible to live up to him. The fact that people are expecting the the Bengals to turn it around and be a nine and seven, eight and 18. I think that's so unfair to ask from a rookie quarterback. I think Tua has low expectations, and he has a nice backup if things don't go accordingly. He's a great mentor in Ryan Fitzpatrick. They got a lot of new weapons. They're a young and energetic team. I'm going to say Tua. Yeah, uh, I don't think uh, Tua's staying healthy throughout his career. At one point, you mentioned, Sam, you said that the Bengals have a worse offensive line. That's just not true. Miami gave up the most sacks last season. Next point, I think Tua has high expectations. you got this guy who's been so consistent in college up until his injury. Don't ever say, the only reason I say that he'll have a better career than Burrow is if he stays healthy. If he is battling with injuries, hip injury, whatever, then he's not going to be that consistent guy they want. But I feel like Burrow is a one-show wonder. I don't know if I don't know if he can repeat that in um, the NFL, especially with a more higher competition. So Tua playing consistent with no, no injuries, that's, that's a better quarterback. That's a good point. I think Tua will be better this season, but Burrow will be maybe better in the long run, assuming that. I, I, I think it's the opposite. Okay, that's actually an I think just Fitzpatrick. I think, I think that Tua is just not going to stay healthy throughout his career. That's my only issue with that, Tua. That's only, yeah, that's my only possibility. Oh, I mean, I also do think Burrow is a more talented quarterback. I really do. Next question coming from Ryan Epstein, 10. He asked, how many points will Drew Locke average a game compared to Patrick Mahomes? Guys, what are we thinking? With fantasy, I think it's going to be Locke, 18, Mahomes, 23. Mahomes sometimes, I think Mahomes averaged about 22 last year. I, I expect him to say around the same point value. He'll, he'll get to 25, 30 a bunch of times, but I think 23 is good for him. Locke, I think I have him at 18. He's in his second year, so I don't think he's going to get – he's definitely not going to have any more points than Mahomes, in my opinion. But I think 18 is a good number for a second-year quarterback like Locke. He's not going to be as good as Mahomes, who is averaging ridiculous numbers. So I, I think 18 is pretty fitting. Yeah, and Locke had Locke averaged 13 points last season for fantasy and only playing five games and now having way more weapons, that's going to be up. So I say 19. Mahomes, as you mentioned, around 20 points per game last season. I say 25. I don't know. I just feel like everything's going to right this season for the Chiefs. Like, that's just a prediction. I feel like they can win it again this season. Kelsey, Watkins, yeah, Hill. This team is so talented. Now with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Damian Williams coming out of the backfield, that's a solid duo. But... I think most importantly that receiving core is really talented. So if Mahomes can throw a lot of touchdowns and stay healthy, I think he's going to be number one for fantasy. I think 
Yeah, I think David, you pr- kind of nailed it right on the head. I think either him or Lamar. I think Mahomes is obviously better. Just uh, Lamar is a very easy schedule. That's the only reason I said Lamar might be the best quarterback. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to agree with David on this one. All right, next question from Luke underscore Madnick. Who do you think will have the most receiving yards next season? I'm going to say Michael Thomas again. I'm going to take the bold take. I know everyone's expecting him to be the same player he was last year. I don't even think he'll have the same amount, but he has so much room to fall off, and he still will be the best player in the NFL uh, from the wide receiver position. Uh, Breeze is obviously still dominant, so I'm going to take Michael Thomas. I think it's Hopkins. I think Kyler is going to air the ball out so much. He's just going to – he's bound to find Hopkins once in a while, and when he does, it's going to be a lot of yards for Hopkins. I think Hopkins is – I think he's going to really like – Working with Kyler Murray, I think they're going to have really good chemistry. I know DeAndre Hopkins actually finished 11th last year, but if he has a full season and he stays healthy and he stays consistent because he did fall off for a few weeks last year, then I definitely think that Hopkins is in contention for the most receiving yards next season. Mine's pretty bold. I'd say Mike Evans. I know this is kind of crazy. The only reason I say this is because, one, you don't have Jameis Winston throwing to you because half the time so they're going to you or the other team. Now you have Brady's way more consistent and a better quarterback overall. Also, the Buccaneers don't have a really strong running game. They they don't have a solid number one starting running back. Even if they even if even though they got Keshawn Vaughn, still not that great of a guy. Like you don't know how he's going to play. But my only concern is that the Buccaneers have such a really good receiving court. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and then Rob Gronkowski. So if he gets the ball a lot, he can like get the most receiving yards. But it really depends on where Brady throws the ball. Well, I guess that's why I'm confused. My concern is that Evans could have a lot of drops this year because I think you're going to go deep to him a lot. That's not my biggest concern. They have Godwin. We saw what Godwin did last year, and they have Gronkowski. Brady is very familiar with Gronkowski, so he's really going to want him involved in the offense. So I I don't agree with Mike Evans. The only reason I think that Gronk will not have a good year because I think he's going to get injured. But I think out of any receiver in the whole NF, in the entire NFL, I think Mike Evans just isn't valid because Godwin had an incredible season last year. I think they're even good. I think they're going to give the ball more to Godwin. And I don't, like, I don't see Godwin repeating the season he had last year. Like, he, yeah, but he's still, he's making a name for himself. Mike Evans is on a team with multiple really good receivers and assets. You know, Julio's kind of by himself. I mean, not by himself, but he's really a number one guy for Matt Ryan to work with. I think it's going to be the same with Tyler and Todd Gurley. I, just I can't. think it's going to be the same with Breeze and Thomas. That's why. I don't agree with that. I'm just going to disagree with you. I think the weeks that Godwin balled out, Mike Evans was nowhere to be found. In the week that Mike Evans balled out, Chris Godwin was nowhere to be found. If he has eight good weeks, then the other eight weeks, he won't have a ton of yards. So statistically, he can't be the number one receiver. Well, I don't even think that's going to happen. Brady likes to share the ball with all of his receivers. He's going to find who's open. So even if he – he might even throw a lot one game to the third the, the third best wide receiver, the number yes, three. Scott guy. Miller's not even that bad. But Brady's going to just share the ball because that's the type of quarterback he is because he's just a winning quarterback. That's what he likes to do most. So he's not going to really focus on one wide receiver when he has a lot of good guys. That's my only thing. I guess we'll have to see. All right, so our last question from Jet Honig underscore. Who will be the best rookie running back next year? I'm going to say Hilaire and Dobbins are kind of going to co-own that category. I think they both have an easy route to being the number one. Hilaire just has to outperform Damian Williams, who was good last season, but nothing spectacular. They have a good offensive line. Hilaire was excellent at LSU. I think by week four, he'll be the undisputed number one. And I'm going to take a little bold here. I'm going to say Dobbins is going to overtake Ingram as the number one in Bmore. 
I think Dobbins was really, really solid in college. I think the Ravens have a lot of weapons. So as soon as the wide receiver core starts performing, they're going to hand it off to him. And I think Ingram will why, be a nice why would they hand off to him if the wide receiver core is performing. Because a lot of times when the wide receiving core is performing, then defense gets distracted. They move a player into their secondary, and I think there are going to be a lot of holes for him uh, down the stretch. Who would you say is, like, the, like the I'd say three best? Because they have a good receiving core. Like, I know they have Andrews. I'd say Hollywood Brown. But who is that number three guy? Because I, I don't really think the Ravens have that number three guy. Yeah. I, have, I have DeAndre Swift from the Lions. He's going to be the number one guy starting. Um, he doesn't really have much competition at that spot for the Lions. They have no competition. Exactly. I, yeah, that's why I have Swift. I just think he's Johnson. Swift has the best he's opportunity. A lot. He's going to be really good. Yeah, Swift is was given the best opportunity this year to shine because he's on the Lions. He's on a terrible team. They're yeah. going to be handing off. Exactly. They're going to hand the ball off to him a lot. So he just has the most chance of breaking out. So I think it's going to be Swift. I think another reason is Carryon Johnson's coming back from a gruesome ACL injury. So he's not he was great last season before he got hurt, but he's not even gonna be eighty percent of what he was. So I think they're gonna be really cautious with him for the beginning half of the season. And if Swift performs, then I think by week eight it's gonna be long gone for Carryon Johnson to take back that number one position. Thanks for listening to this episode of Crunchime. We'll be back with new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Follow our Instagram at Pod. We're available on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and many other streaming platforms. And we have a TikTok, so please go check that out. And we will see you next time.